Welcome to Jyotish Conversations, a series of discussions on topics related to Jyotish or Vedic astrology, presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Each week we present a half-hour conversation with a leading Jyotish practitioner with the goal to make this ancient knowledge interesting, useful, and somewhat less mysterious. So here's this week's show, and thanks for listening. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Ben. I understand that you have quite an agenda for us today. Uh, We're going to talk about the chart of the United States. We're going to talk about how that chart shows through the planetary periods, or dashas, the current financial crisis. And uh, we'll have some some clues, maybe, of uh, how long it might last. And then um, you're going to talk about some history of how we've actually been through this before. And then you'll give us a little look at the chart of President Obama's inauguration. That's a lot to cover in half an hour. I will try to... Talk fast and stick to the high points. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think it shows. I think it shows that. Um, well, I think it's just it's just plain interesting, um, and I think it shows that uh, astrology can really give us some some interesting insights into what's happening in the world, as well as the usual way that we use it in our own personal lives. So, of course, uh, this is great. This is great. Well, of okay, course, the so, first challenge. Go ahead. The first challenge to looking at what's happening in the world, and right now I'm looking at the United States because so much has happened recently here, is where do you start? And in astrology, you start with an ascendant, but you don't get an ascendant without a birth chart. So what we first have to determine is what's the birth chart of the United States. And I am being a bit of a um, an um, eccentric here because I do not believe that the Declaration of, of Independence is our birth chart. Okay. Most people do. But uh, most Indians and a lot of Europeans say, why are you calling it a birth chart? It's a divorce decree from Great Britain. It's saying, I don't want to be married to you anymore, Great Britain. But we weren't anybody. If anybody listening saw the John Adams series, right. there was a period in there in our history when both Jefferson and Adams were trying to get loans to fight the Revolutionary War. And Holland and France were unwilling to lend us money because we weren't anybody. We were 13 colonies. We weren't a country. Who was going to pay them back? Each colony was going to point to the next guy down the road and say, get it from him, get it from him. So they said, no, we're not going to borrow money. We're lend you money. So the the colonies got together and created an the um, Articles of Confederation. This is not my original research. I credit David Solte, who did brilliant work on this, who did a lot of research into what makes a country a country, and it's all tied up with when do other countries recognize them enough to lend or borrow money. And I so that's uh, there's, sort of the the marking point that the the country is an entity. In the, inter- in the eyes of the international community, even though we had not won our independence yet, to be a group qualified to borrow money made us a country. And then a country can then have, throughout its history, multiple 
you know, if you take the European countries, for example, uh, multiple forms of, of government. Right. The Articles of Confederation did not end up being our, our governing document. The Constitution came later. And so if we wanted to look at the history of our constitutional form of government, we'd look at the Constitution chart. But just as France has had dictators and monarchs and presidents, it's all still been France. Sure. So I'm looking at a chart for November 15th, 1777, at 17.53 p.m. with a time zone oh, in York, Pennsylvania, with a time zone of 5.07 p.m. There are a few seconds that I'm not giving you all the seconds, but that's approximately it. We've got a Lagna. The ascendant of the chart is 24 Taurus. So that's the chart that I'm using to look at this country. And Ben, it's an interesting chart. Going back to the idea of we... we created this document in order to get a loan. We have the ruler of our ascendant in its own sign in the sixth house of debt, sixth house of armies also. We have the ruler of our tenth house in the sixth house of armies and debt, exalted. And we have the ruler of the second and fifth house, both having to do with money, also in that house of, of debt and armies. So, so this, the, 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 the chart really shows, you know, sort of the, uh, the intent of, of why the nation, it you know, really the does. entity was created. We needed money to fight the war. Right. <laughs> That's well, what I, we I, need. Right. And, and in, in, to the extent that astrology, Jyotish, is always a matter of interpreting symbols, you know, what, what you see over and over again is that the, the the symbols sort of represent very clearly kind of the intent, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it, it, it that's what pushes the events forward. So this is great. And and of course the symbols not only represent the intent, but they represent what what's carried forward over time. And certainly the United States is known for its extraordinary spending on the military. Right. And it's and these are very powerful, powerful planets here. I mean, we've got Raja Yogas and Dana Yogas. We've got all sorts of stuff in this house. Well, and the sixth house is the the house of the enemy that's seen. Yes. Right? As opposed to, for example, the eighth house, which would be the house of conspiracies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, so, and and I I think the United States is sometimes mocked but but you know is a very kind of right out there in your face you know perhaps not very (laughs) well yeah exactly exactly perhaps not very subtle at times but yeah but also the sixth house is a house of service so i think also you know we have we may be somewhat schizophrenic about it at times but at the same time that we're invading iraq we're also spending huge sums of money to rebuild it Mm-hmm. And we've and the Marshall done plan. that in all of yeah. our right in all of our wars. The Marshall Plan after World War II was was a change in the history of the world, where the victorious nations actually gave money to help their victims instead of stealing everything else they could get. Right. right. So there's both sides to this. The sixth house is also the health, the house of health. Mm-hmm. So. That's an issue that 
is I think, and it's a house of labor and labor movements and health movements. Well, we'll look at that in a minute. One of the things I did is I looked at the Dasha periods that we are in now. And I was looking particularly to see what the Yogi and Ava Yogi planets were. Now, Ava Yogi planets are the planets that drain wealth or make you poor if you don't have any wealth to start with. And a Yogi planet gives wealth. And I was curious to see what was going on in the dashas. In other words, are we running a dasha of a planet that drains wealth? In this system of dashas, we also have sub-dasha periods, which are equally important in a slightly different way. And I wanted to look back in time to see what happened the last time we were there, because the Vimshotri dasha is 120 years. The country is over twice that old. So we've done this before. We've done this dasha before. And a dasha is, is just simply a time when a particular planet's influence is predominates, is yeah. the strongest. So what dasha are we in now? We're in the sun dasha. Right. Now, the sun is the ruler of the fourth house, and it's in our seventh house. But the interesting thing to me is the sub-dasha, the antar dasha, or the bukti, depending on what you want to call it, is Mars. And Mars in this chart of the United States, is an Ava Yogi, a money-draining planet. And it is in the house of bankruptcy. <laughs> so when do you think we might have entered this sub-period of this very dangerous Mars? Just a wild guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I already know the answer, so it's cheating. Okay. But, but yes, go ahead. Early October. <laughs> last year mm, mm -hmm. this is when the financial meltdown hit front page news the yeah. um the vote was taken on getting money to the banks all of this stuff just hit the headlines in major form wow. now the next question is how long does this period last and is it a short period or a long period well the the news is good and bad <laughs> actually this period does not last very long. It ends in February this year. In oh, fact, good. it ends almost right around the day of the lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. um, but it's followed by Sun Rahu. Rahu is always a roller coaster ride, whether it's a Dasha or an Antar Dasha. It's always a roller coaster. And in this case, it's in our second house which is a killer house. It's also a house of money or money problems. Rahu in the second is not good. And it is linked again to our sixth house of debt through rulership Mercury. So we're still in this deep debt. My feeling is it'll take until sometime in February to stimulate spending for the economy. Right now we're just in bankruptcy free fall. Right. Okay, so but, we have so we have bankruptcy freefall, um, yeah. which is part of the Sun Mars Dasha. Right, the Dasha will change Sun Rahu. What I always say is that Rahu just stirs things up. Yeah, we won't have we won't have uh, you know real solution then. But but Rahu is also an externalizing force. It's it, you know it's movement. So I think mm -hmm. that the I think that the um, 
the Obama administration, their plans will be, you know, in in action, being implemented. And uh, Sun Rahu lasts until when? Okay, Sun Rahu will last until the very end of December of '09. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to be see is it, it, there's this phrase throwing throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what we're going to be seeing is throwing money at the wall and seeing what works. Because right. of that unstable Rahu energy, let's keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. If something works, we'll do a little more of it. If something doesn't work, we'll do a little less of it. Right. So it's it's going to be a little frantic, but how else are we going to know what's going to work without trying? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, and it is directly related to debt, national debt. Then after Rahu comes Sun Jupiter. Jupiter is the ruler of the house of bankruptcy. Mm. And it sits in the house that speaks to the seat of the throne, in other words, the presidency itself, and to the housing market. So I don't think that we're going to get to the bottom of the fallout of the housing market until we pass through Sun Jupiter. And that will not end until... September of 2010. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the way I'm seeing this. Sun Jupiter, I think we're going to be seeing the president. We're seeing this is the, Jupiter is in the house that represents him as a person. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be spending a lot of his political capital mm-hmm. very fast. He's got two years to spend this capital and he's got to hope something is going to turn around. The good but, news but, is, but Sun, but Sun, Sun, and Jupiter get along well together. They get so along have... well, and they're angular in this chart. Okay. So uh, we will see some of this spaghetti stick to the wall. <laughs> so right. there will be a lot of um, things that work. There will also be things that don't work. Mm-hmm. And because Jupiter is the eighth house of conspiracies, anything that doesn't work. Jupiter rules the eighth house of conspiracies. Anything that doesn't work is going to be magnified by his enemies. Well, yes, as one would expect. As one would expect. So it's it's a tumultuous period. But the good news is by 2010, we enter Sun-Saturn, and Saturn is arguably the strongest planet in this entire chart. Well, and Saturn represents, um, well, uh, its servants, um, or, you know, or service. By, by, well, by yeah, I was going to say by extension, service, and it's the planet of democracy. It's the people as opposed to Jupiter and Sun, which are royal planets. So I, I think it's very interesting that first of all that the you know the chart has exalted Saturn, which great great symbol for our democratic culture form of government. Yes. Um, and, and it rules the ninth house of, of the form of our government and the tenth house, what we're known for. Mm-hmm. An extremely strong period starting in 2010 for bringing things. Saturn is slow, it's right. stable, it's right. steady, it's a steadying influence. Mm-hmm. So. And that lasts until when? And that lasts until. Sun Saturn. Un- oh, that's eighteen ninety one. That doesn't do us. Well, but that brings us actually to 
kind of the next phase of this discussion, which is, haven't yes. we been here before? <laughs> Sun Saturn lasts until 2011. Okay. And then we enter Sun Mercury. Mercury is a yogi planet for us. So it brings money. It is ruler of two money houses, and it's in the sixth house of debt. I think this really speaks to more spending. Well, or, or yeah, or, or to some, some form of conclusion of the current crisis. Yeah, the national spending, uh, looking at economic theory in, in times of depression, is that the federal spending to prop up the economy, to give everybody jobs so people have taxes and they continue to buy something, Right. This is dependent on spending. And so it looks like we're in a better shape for this mm-hmm. starting at that uh, 2011 period. Sure. So, yeah, we see a slow progress here. We see a lot of national debt, a lot of national spending. But it does begin to stabilize after, well, basically after we get out of Rahu, after 20, 2009 right. ends, right. we do a little better. Well, that's encouraging. It is encouraging. It is encouraging. And now, so I, when we were talking before, um, the the dashas, the planetary periods, there's different different, different types of dashas, different methods of calculating. The one we're talking about is, is the Vimshotri dasha, which has all of the dashas take 120 years. Right. Every dasha period together, 120 years. Well, obviously our country is more than 120 years old, so... What happened the last time we were in Sun-Mars? Um, I want to I mention one other thing about the Sun-Dasha. It is the mm-hmm. shortest Dasha. It's only yeah. six years long. And the Sun is, because of technical things, basically we can see the housing market is our enemy mm. in this chart. We started this Sun-Dasha in... December 07. Okay. So the housing market in the U.S. was the beginning of this meltdown. Now, the last time we were in this period was the Sundasha starting in 1887. And the interesting thing is between 1873 and 1890 was what's called the Gilded Age. This was the gate the age of of grotesque spending oh really yes of of a grotesque gap between the richest and the poorest mm-hmm. stories of this period would be parties where every guest had their own gold plate that they took home with them <laughs> and they were given 100 dollar bills to light their after dinner cigars with yeah it's just the grotesque consumption and so we have to come okay we're not going to be able to compare exact to exact because we also have the movement of planets in the skies that trigger things at slightly different times but we look at this period starting in 1873 which had to do with this excessive um consumption the grotesque consumption and we also had during this previous period, 1881, 1883, the rise of the robber barons, which we could um, compare to the rise of corporate dominance of the corporate greed that we've been seeing recently. Sure. In 1883, 
we had the birth of the labor movement as a response to this. In 1885, we had the very, very bottom of race relationships in this country. It was after the Civil War. It was after the bad Reconstruction. So we have all of these things building. 1886 was the Haymarket Riot, which in U.S. history was a big, nasty, bloody labor riot with the corporations violently putting down the workers. 1887, now we're coming close to where we are, was the Interstate Commerce Commission regulating how trade was doing, trying to address the greed issue. Okay, now we enter 1888, which is kind of equivalent to now. National Geographic Foundation was started. Isn't that pretty? (laughs) Yes, interesting. Let's look at the whole world. Let's look at everybody. The last country that had legal slavery made it illegal in 1888. Wow. Kind of compares to we do we do not torture. Right. Right. And in 1889 because we entered Sun Mars in 1888, okay? Mhm. National Geographic, no more legal slavery. Then we had catastrophes. Johnstown flood. We had a major political realignment leading to the progressive era. Mm-hmm. And 1890, major year, we're looking at 2010 here. We're actually looking at 2009 because these years are offset just a little bit. Okay. How the Other Half Lives, a book talking about what is fair and equitable, equitable between the rich and the poor. Mm-hmm. Major influence on thinking. There was a Sherman Silver purchase, which ended up throwing us into deeper debt later. Mm-hmm. The AFL, American Federation of Labor, was founded. Uh-huh. The Battle of Wounded Knee, the big unfair battle between the U.S. government and the Native Americans, where there was a tremendous slaughter, totally unfair. Women's Suffrage Organization was founded. Mm. Sherman Antitrust Law. <laughs> Yosemite National Park was created. Interesting. There was a law that started the, um, I, I forget which, it was a constitutional amendment that gave governors the right to appoint a senator when the office was vacated. Mm. And with this president, we've had something like four or five senators removed from office to become cabinet members, including Obama's own Senate seat left vacant with this huge national scandal about the governor of Illinois trying to sell the seat for money in his own pocket. Right. So we're seeing these themes over and over again come up. Then we had in 1893, which is several years down the road for us, a deep depression. All of this previous stuff was the struggle between labor and business. Who's going to get paid? Who's going to, is, is it going to be the workers or is it going to be the robber barons? And then we failed to make that deal work and we fell into a depression. We're looking at the very same issues, the incredible corporate executive salaries and compensations. Sure. And at the same time, trying to strip the auto workers of the wages that they'd fought so hard to get that gave them a decent lifestyle. Mm 
Right. Same themes are going on. So I, based on our history, I would say we're going to be looking at antitrust activities. And I think the new way of saying it is anti-corporate greed activities, some legislation that would stem the greed. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see another surge of the labor movement and we're definitely seeing a lot of TV ads about the Freedom of Choice Act, I think is what they're calling it, where okay. workers can choose to become part of a union by a simple vote rather than signing up and letting the management see who wants it and get in trouble. Well, I think <clears throat> I think also, it, it, you know, you, what you were just saying that, you know, when we went through this before, we ended up in a big depression. It doesn't sound like we're headed towards that because we learned something as a yes. culture yes we've um, we've had more than one depression to learn from well yes and and we have a sense of our own history um as a nation and uh um uh you know the, i think that will cause our government to um you know take more intelligent steps than yeah. you know it happened uh, you know uh 120 years ago but I, um, because of some of the outer planets that aren't typically used in Jyotish, coming into hard aspect with each other repeatedly, my personal opinion is that we're the present shock, the housing market, the corporate greed, those are not the only shocks that our system, our world system actually, is going to receive over the next several years. Mm-hmm. We have multiple connections between Saturn Uranus and Pluto over the next six, seven years. And every one of these is going to bring a new shock to the system. Mm -hmm. When you look at large periods of time, you look at when we last had these planetary arrangements, and it was literally in the mid-60s, with the biggest year being 1965. Okay. And that was where all of these planets came together in a conjunction. And the conjunction, like a new moon, is the beginning of something. So that was the birth of all of these new ways of looking at the world. And we're coming to kind of the adolescent crisis point right now. Mm. The The birth was, oh, you know, make love, not war, tune in. What is it? Drop, tune, what was turn, that for? Turn on, tune in, and drop out. Right, right. <laughs> so it was like, this isn't working. We've got a vision. But nobody really did anything to make that yeah. vision happen except for saying, no, I don't like the old vision. This is the adolescent rebellion. Mm. No, I don't like the old vision, and I'm going to do something about it. So we see these forces at work societally where people are saying, no more, had enough, not doing it anymore. And that always creates tension in the whole system. Sure. So we've got several years of that. Now, we had a funny thing happen at inauguration this year. Because we didn't have one oath of office, we had two. Oh, that's right. And according to the Constitution, we've got some questions about which one is valid. By the Constitution, whether or not Obama took the oath of office, he became president at noon on the 20th, regardless of whether he took an oath or not. But... He is required by the Constitution to take an oath of office, and that oath has very specific words that are very specifically written out in the Constitution. So he's got to say the exact right words, which 
He didn't because the justice who was giving him the oath kind of screwed up. Right, right. Well, they both did apparently, uh, and they and they had a um, uh, they retook the oath as the uh, White House counsel said, as uh, 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 in light of an abundance of caution. <laughs> and yes. apparently, this has happened twice before. Yes, yes. I I don't yeah. know who they were though. I don't recall off the top of my head, but. So, according to the Constitution, the exact words have to be said for him to take the oath. These charts are virtually identical in the Vedic system, except for two things, the Ascendant and the Dashas. Mm. And the Ascendant of the second oath of office is Leo, with Saturn in the first house. And this indeed puts four planets in the sixth house of debt and armies. Mm. So I think this speaks very well. It also has a moon, which represents the public, debilitated in the fourth house, which represents the country. So we see the public is in very, very dire straits. I, I like this chart as... Doctor, as Dr. Rao would say, it appeals to me. It right. speaks to the situation. Great debt. The public is suffering. Let's see. I didn't get the Ava Yogi for these. I'll have to look that up later. Okay. We're running a Mercury-Venus period here. Venus is the 10th Lord. I just, I like this chart. Saturn ruling. This, this ascendant speaks so much to the dignity and the authority of our leader. Mm -hmm. The ruler of our ascendant, Saturn is in the ascendant, the ruler of our ascendant goes directly into the sixth house. If this were a person, I would say Saturn in the first, Sun in the sixth, and exchange mm. that this is a very sick person, but they'll be able to pull it out. This is a sick baby. So you, by sick person, you're referring to the nation? The nation is sick. Mm. Right, right. But be, because we've got a, the, a great malefic in the first house, mm -hmm. our vitality. Is low, and right. Is very low. And the ruler of our first house goes into the sixth house of illness, health and illness. Right. But this also makes an exchange. They're very, very, very connected. So in a way, it's as if they were in their own sign, which makes them very strong. Mm-hmm. So the appearances that were very, very sick, but we've got the ability because of this, to, because of this little trick of astrology to pull it out and to mm -hmm. make it work. Mm -hmm. We're also running the period of Mercury, and Mercury is twice a money planet in this chart, again, in the sixth house of debt. Mm. Mercury is a long period. Fortunately... This administration is only four years long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time we'll get a better chart. Right, right, right. But we're going to be dancing with Mercury for the entire period of the administration. We're, we're struggling with debt. We're struggling with spending to keep things going. We're going to get a lot of honor and respect for the way we handle this debt. We also see this in the first inauguration chart. <laughs> The, the 20th, okay, where Obama himself is going to be seen as 
the person that everybody is looking at to develop a plan for the entire world to get out of this economic crisis. Right. So there's uh, a lot resting on this man's shoulders internationally as well as, as nationally. Those are those are some of the highlights. Interesting. So so this inauguration chart seems to tell very much the same kind of story as the Dasha sequence and it's, the you know the Confederation chart. It's repeating the theme. It's yeah. it's repeating the theme, and it's kind of interesting because we're saying the same thing. We're saying we need money to make things work and work and services six house last time we said we need money to fight our war this time we're saying we need money to make things work and that money needs to be in the hand of people who spend it mm -hmm. and there we're looking at the people who are so deprived with that terribly weak moon in scorpio mm -hmm. in the fourth house of the people and this is I think it's a very powerful chart. Saturn is aspecting our 10th house and it's aspecting the 10th Lord. This is so much about who is the leader? How is he going to take his role in the world? How is he going to do it? Mm -hmm. It's all speaking again of who is leading this country. Very interesting. Excellent. Well, it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> it is going to be a wild ride. You know, and there's one more funny little thing for people who are looking forward to 2012 and what might happen after. If you look at the symbolism for things that happened in previous Dasha periods equivalent to ours, right. in a period equivalent to sometime in 2013, H.G. Wells wrote his famous book, The Time Machine. <laughs> Okay. And the Mayans say that 2012 is the end of time. <laughs> oh, and good. also the x-ray was invented, seeing mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. physical matter. Right. And I think those are kind of interesting little appetizers. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and that's why, that's why as, as, as I said at the beginning, that's why... This kind of astrology is so much fun. It's it's very much speculation, but you you do start to see the patterns, and yeah. um, you know it's. I don't think that uh, you can come up with a timetable necessarily for, you know, oh, how how our government is going to deal with this crisis and so on and so forth. But you can you can get a good general sense of the astrological weather. Um, yeah, and and I think in some ways, at least for me. It's a little bit comforting because there's a you know you 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 see that that you know looking at the chart from 120 years ago um, and looking and at how that progressed and looking at the similarities um, the, the universe seems to be a fairly structured place and I always find that comforting. And actually, if we look at 120 years ago, that was not by any means the darkest point in our history. So we are not looking again at the darkest point in our history. Right, right, exactly. 